A quick note from the news department. Got some sparklers left over after July 4th? Doctors warn they can be dangerous. They can burn your hands and fingers. Sparks in an eye can even cause blindness. You are so right. You are so right. You are so right, so right, All James right. Flippin'. All right, thank you, Curtis. I'm getting to you. Here's Mr. Sliwa. You couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. Don't try to save yourself because now you're going to have to walk the tightrope. You got two choices, Flippin', and I've gotten the A-OK from your news director himself, Noam Laden, who in his days when he was in commie camp with his camp counselor, Matt Judge, they... Oh, oh, they had those sparklers in their hands July 4th, as did at that time their nemesis, the John Birch Society kids, right, who believed if you put fluoride in the water, it was a communist plot. They both had their sparklers in their hand. I want you to listen to James Flippin. He editorialized in his news report on July 4th, what do these Just give the news. You should know that even sparklers can be very dangerous. But what you may not know is that doctors are also concerned with some of the more mundane fireworks, including sparklers. Really? Really? Sparklers? At war with sparklers. The American tradition that even commie, commie kids like Noam Laden followed. And John Bircher kids who believed that fluoride was being put into the drinking water so that the commies could take us over. They all use sparklers. But, oh, James Flippin, you got a choice. You can either apologize to all of our listeners for your editorializing. Or you can do live news updates when I do the best of the other side of midnights on the weekend. Saturday mornings from 12 midnight to 6 and Sunday mornings from 12 midnight to 6, and I will eviscerate each of your newscasts live. Your choice. And that's what I've been saying for so many years. Once again, I had a chance to say yesterday to my Kumbarichich, Rudy Giuliani, and Dr. Maria on air. First, let's listen to the empresario George say announce the world hot dog eating champion. For the world record of 72 uh, Nathan's hot dogs down in 10 minutes, truncated from the 12 minutes when I participated in 1996 and finished third. Third, Lou, with only 16 hot dogs eaten, two of which I cheated on. One I stuffed in my pocket, the other I stuck under the table right in front of Gersh Kuntzman, who to this day is still not, doesn't realize I cheated. That was back in a day where you couldn't cheat. And I have been saying on a regular basis that the Nathan's famous empresario George Shea has engineered a cheating way to propel these outrageous amounts of hot dogs that can be consumed. First by Kobayashi, who came from the land of the rising sun, Japan, in 2001, my last contest, in 8.50 in 12 minutes. And it should have been a battle between Kobayashi and Joey Chestnut, but oh no. George Shea couldn't come to uh, a deal, a business deal with Kobayashi, so they banned him and found an American champion. Well, yesterday I was on with Rudy Giuliani and Dr. Maria at about 325 to tell the real story. And I believe that they use super embedded enzymes, like, like baseball players cheated with roids. I think these guys cheat. 
with super embedded enzymes, which like eat the food before it even hits their stomach. So Very in other words, interesting. yeah, the enzymes are attacking the food uh, it, before it gets to the stomach, or as soon as it gets in the stomach. In other words, well, you know, there are medicines like that. Yeah, you know, wow, Curtis. Have... Maybe maybe we can do an expose of that. We'll get a Pulitzer Prize. Yes, in fact, uh, Doctor Maria knows there are medicines, super enzymes that can eat that food before it makes its way down the esophagus. You know, one time I was doing color commentary for MSNBC, which was broadcasting live as ESPN does. And I talked about how they were cheating. How, if you notice, George Shea, he puts out the cup of water in the Nathan's cup for Joey Chestnut, only him. And in that cup of water that he dunks the hot dogs and the buns in are the super enzymes. Now, he's had them embedded in his stomach lining, his intestines, but he's also had it. In medicine form, as Dr. Maria said, poured in by George Say into that cup of water that he dunks in. I'm calling you out, George J. You have created this first for Kobayashi, who you banned because he was going to expose you and the cheating scandal. This is as bad as the steroid scandal when Mark McGuire was hitting home run after home run with slamming Sammy Sosa, who is the whitest white man in the world now. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, Rudy is right. We're going to launch an investigation with Dr. Maria. We are going to report it back to all of you. They are cheating at the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. Pick up the pieces. You can't be any whiter than they are, uh, Lou. From Scotland to Glasgow. Pick up the pieces. And believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, this has become the theme song for Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens. Not my mayor, not your mayor. All we get asked to do is pay the bills for the illegals. And what do we get in return? Who got? Pupkins. Yeah, let's hear it. So now it's time to pick up the pieces with white voters. You got to understand what goes on in Eric Adams' administration. He's already running for re-election. He's raising millions through his uh, fundraiser, the crooked former chief of staff, Frank Caron. 
and they do what are called instapolls. They're not alone. Elected officials always do that because they're always insecure. Uh, a week ago, the Instapol said, yo, blacks are falling out of favor with Eric Adams because of all the favor- favorite uh, status that he bestows upon illegal aliens who are mostly Latino. And what are black people getting? Ugats. So they're pissed. Uh, he's dropped about a good 40 percentile points from being highly favored by blacks for reelection to <laughs> not good. Really bad for a black candidate for re-election. And now they've done an Insta poll last week on how the white ethnics and hipster millennials are reacting because he's been on a two-week tirade where he's been dissing and dismissing white folks. Especially in the end, the 84-year-old white elderly Jewish woman that he gave a verbal smackdown to in Washington Heights, a Holocaust survivor who he said was was treating him like a slave as if she were a plantation owner. But I've told all of you, man, when you go down to the marrow of the bone with Eric Adams, this guy hates white people. Remember right after the election where he beat me? Remember how all of a sudden the audio tape suddenly emerged? Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. That was unbelievable. And they loved it. The crowd loved it. I was up in Harlem. Yet they did not play that during the campaign. Why? Because right away it would have affected some of the white support that he had because he tried to make it appear that he was lovey-dovey with all the people of New York City, especially white people that in the 90s he was a hater of. He was a Farrakhan follower, so you gave him a pass. And then if you remember, last, uh, about a year ago, by the waning days of Andrew Giuliani's failed campaign to become the Republican nominee for governor, Rudy was going all over the state. It was like, bing, 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 ricochet rabbit, campaigning, broadcasting. His last stop was at a shop right in the south shore of Staten Island, which is the epicenter of Republican support on a red island uh, versus uh, everywhere else this blue. And this guy came up, smacked Rudy on the back, did the interview with me. I was on that Sunday. And then the police came from the precinct and arrested the guy. He spent a night in jail, got released. Now he's suing Rudy Giuliani. And you know who his uh, his uh, lawyer is? Ron Kuby, whose mommy is a commie, right? right? Great guy, right? It's name. And you remember what Eric Adams said? You remember what Eric, how quickly people forget, especially in Staten Island where I was yesterday, especially in Staten Island where I was yesterday, how Eric Adams picked up the phone and wanted Rudy Giuliani, the greatest mayor we've ever had, who was a salvation in Staten Island along with Guy Molinari. On this anniversary, July 4th, free fare on the ferry. And he closed the Fresh Kills dump, largest dump in the history of mankind. Nobody said it would ever be closed. Rudy and Guy did it. How quickly you forget. When your district attorney, who this time you're not even running a Republican against, McMahon, the Democrat, was called up by the mayor. And then remember what the mayor said about that, that situation? When you look at the video, the, the guy basically walked by and, and, and patted him on the back. I don't know if he said congratulations. I don't know what he said to him. But it was clear that he was not punched in the head. It was clear that it didn't feel like a bullet. It was clear that he wasn't about to fall to the ground. Falsely reporting a crime is a crime. And so he wanted Rudy Giuliani 
to get arrested for filing a false police report. He called McMahon, the DA in Staten Island, three times. McMahon was on the cusp of having Rudy arrested. And then at that same Travis Fourth of July parade that I attend every year with the Guardian Angels, I walked up to McMahon with the silver white hair. And I said, uh, McMahon, if you file against Rudy and you have him arrested for filing a false police report, I will encourage Rudy to move out to Staten Island and run against you for DA and you won't have a chance. And all of a sudden he backed off, which is true. Rudy would kill him in an election out there. That's Giuliani land. And then yesterday, Lou, I was here at WABC doing the broadcast live with uh, Anthony Weiner. And it was pouring rain in Manhattan. And I uh, called Vinnie Madunio, the prince of Staten Island, and I say, Vinnie, what does it look out there? It's pouring rain here. He goes, it's holding up, Curtis. It's holding up. I said, well, Vinnie, you and your your uncle going to be there to parade? Yeah, yeah, we know you're always there, Curtis, you and the guardian angels. So I had the guardian angels waiting outside, and I said, guys, gals, we're going to go. We are always there, rain or shine. We're always there. We're going. And we slept out there, and ironically, the only place it wasn't raining in was in Travis and Staten Island. So we get there, and amazing. Guess who has arrived, Lou? The mayor who needs a GPS to find Staten Island. He's never been to the Travis Fourth uh, of July parade, except one time when he was borough president of Brooklyn, and you know he was testing the waters to run for mayor. That was it. Never, never since. And he's lined up there, and I said, ah, I realize what's happening. The night before, on his public schedule, he was scheduled to be on with Funkmaster Flex at Hot 97, spinning rap records, and he canceled. And I know why, because he knew with Funkmaster Flex, who I've had words with, uh, that Funkmaster Flex is very black-centric and probably would have asked him the question, hey, you know that that old white lady who uh, taunted you, Mr. Mayor, you put her in a place, you know, uh, and he would have done the black-centric thing and supported the mayor on that, which I think the mayor realized has been a big, big mistake. So yesterday, Lou, with no fanfare, with no press release, he launched the I Love White People Tour to try to get back into the favor and grace of white people. And now where do you go if you want to start to ingratiate yourself to white people and say anything black is whack, anything white is right? You go to the whitest of all boroughs, Staten Island. So there he was. And he's in front with all the politicals, Democrats, Republicans. That's fine. It's good that the man goes there. And then like every year, I let the uniform services go by and then we come in behind because right after we go to Coney Island to patrol because he gets... It gets really bad towards the evening once the hot dog eating championship is over. This time, Lou, a group of elderly women who are part of the Travis Fourth of July Parade Committee, I've known through the years, they're blocking me from coming in. There's 50 of us. I said, ladies, please, you don't want to make a scene. We're, We're marching in the parade now like we do every year. They go over to the white church or the local precinct. The white shirts come over just temporarily. They know. And I say, guys, you know, I don't mind getting arrested. I've been arrested 77 times. You don't have enough handcuffs with all the cops here to arrest all 50 of us. We'll all go in. And I think they convinced the elderly women, don't try to block Curtis and the guardian angels. And you say, why all of a sudden? I promote the Travis Fourth of July parade more than anyone else in media. 
These are the same women that have been nice to us before, appreciate that we go out of our way to come all the way out to the longest-running Fourth of July parade in the nation. And then all along the way, there are these elderly women with the parade committee heckling us. you got to move on. you got to move on. Say, ladies, people want to take pictures with me. If, if the election were just left on Staten Island, I would be the mayor. I got like 70% of the vote. Eric Adams got about 30%. I crushed him out there. And they were like, I said, ah, I see what this is. This is retaliation from the politicos, Democrats and Republicans together to say, hey, man, we can't let Curtis Sliwa come out here and talk to our DA this way, especially since the Republicans refused to run a candidate where crime has skyrocketed 250 percent on Staten Island against the DA. So I recognized what it was. And there were only three people who came up and talked to me, Lou. There was Nicole Maliotakis, the congresswoman. She talked to me twice. There was Sam Perizzola, the assemblyman. He thanked me for praising him for protecting animals and wanting to make sure that there are severe penalties uh, up in Albany for those that abuse animals. And, of course, it was Scott Lobato. Remember? Give me death or give me pizza. No pizza, no peace. I'm going to give him that one. No pizza, no peace. Oh, that was it. The rest of the Republicans treated me like a pariah. They were hanging on the leg of Eric Adams as he was walking quickly through the parade, I might add, because he was getting heckled from time to time. Look, it was good the mayor was there, that he finally came as mayor to the longest-running Fourth of July parade in the nation, Travis. But I'm telling you out there, I come every year no matter what. But next year, you better not try to block me and the guardian angels from marching in the parade. You better not. Or NYPD, 120th Precinct, 121st, 122nd, 123rd. You better get the paddy wagons from Rikers Island because you're going to need all of them to fill it. What What a shanda. To kiss up to Eric Adams and to diss and dismiss me in front of the peeps didn't work because the people couldn't get enough of the Guardian Angels and Curtis Lee were all of them saying all along the route of the Travis 4th of the July Parade, Curtis, you and the Angels, you're here every year. And we'll be there next year. Go ahead, politicos in Staten Island. Try to stop Curtis Lee and the Guardian Angels. Bullets haven't, the Gaudis haven't, politicians haven't, and you sure won't keep me off of Staten Island and out of the Travis 4th of July Parade. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Check this out. It's the Riff and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk 
This is the Riff and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. People let me tell you about my best friend. He's a warm-hearted person who loved me till the end. People let me tell you about my best friend. He's a one-boy cuddly toy. My up, my down, my pride and joy. People let me tell you about him. He's so much fun. Whether we're talking man-to-man or whether we're talking Sunday. Remember this great team song for the courtship of Eddie's father. Yeah, he's my best That was a great program about the love that a father had for a son and the son for the father. Really touched you. And then in the midst of the 2013 tumultuous Democratic primary, to come up with a mayoral candidate, because Bloomberg was finally term limited after he bribed his way into a third term, even though he had been missed to term limits, bribed his way into a third term. But basically uh, making all kinds of offers to the city council persons uh, so that they would give him an opportunity at more time and he would give them an opportunity. Completely, uh, completely ignoring the will of the people. The uh, city council speaker, Peter Vallone Sr., tried to put an initiative in referendum where they reversed the words to try to fool the people with technology. It didn't work twice. People voted for term limits, but they've always tried to bend the rules. And it was done by the guy who got elected. Part of the reason he said, hey, I want term limits. And that was uh, that was the uh, billionaire, Mayor Bloomberg, who, like all politicians, yeah, what do I say at the beginning of the show? Never trust any politicians. They lie. There's all degrees of lying. They embellish. They fib. Look, I'm a politician, and the time I I shook my first hand, kissed my first baby running for mayor, you give an opportunity to a a candidate, uh, an elected official, to lie. They lie. It's part of the process. So it's got to be verify and then trust. What President Ronald Reagan said, trust and then verify. No, no, no. For me, it's verify and trust. So let's talk about this article that came out in the newspaper in the New York Times. What a puff piece, an exclusive puff piece. That Bill de Blasio and Charlene McRae are separating, but they're going to live in the same house on 11th Street and 7th Avenue in Park Slope. But they're going to freely date other people. And I say to myself, whoa, 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 whoa. There's there's a number of reasons for this, and I don't think anyone has commented on it, so I'm going to give you my input. But before we do that, that that very focus of the courtship of Eddie's father, that theme song, and that whole, the scope of the whole program, the love that a father had for his son and a son had for a father, is what propelled Bill de Blasio from the bottom of the ranks in the Democratic primary in 2013. Remember, our own Anthony Weiner, after having fallen from grace, had to resign from Congress, entered the mayoral race, and he shot to the lead. I'll never forget, it was Flag Day. And he announced right there in Forest Hills, which was part of his district when he was congressman, and everybody said, oh, he'll crash and burn. He shot right to the head of the pack of the eight Democrats running. And he would have been the next mayor if he hadn't had his personal problems. Would have saved this city from the eight years of Bill de Blasio and Charlene McRae, who took a wrecking ball to the city that we love. But let me get back on track. 
the one thing in the campaign that saved Bill de Blasio was the endless series of advertisements, political advertisements that featured him and his biracial son, Dante. They were beautiful commercials. As much as I hated de Blasio and I hated him then and hate him now even more. His claim to fame was when he was a city councilman in Park Slope, he was the best councilman at fixing parking tickets. That's it. He would fix parking tickets all the time. He became a public advocate. And let's face it, every public advocate uses the office to run for higher office. You don't need the position of public advocate. It's a fake, phony, fraudulent office that just is filled with patronage appointees. And all they do is use our tax dollars to run for higher office. So we have that. And then because of that commercial with Dante, the love that a father has for a son and vice versa, and it was very genuine. It came across in the commercials. Very well done. It propelled Bill de Blasio to victory. And then eventually he beat the Republican primary winner, Joe Loda, who had been deputy mayor for Rudy Giuliani against our own John Katzmatidis. Both of them had run against one another in the Republican primary. And then out of all the bad things that he did, and it was an extraordinary series of bad things, then all of a sudden the lockdown and pandemic hit in March of 2020, and Black Lives Matter, he's out there with Eric Adams every day with a Black Lives Matter shirt, and they're painting Black Lives Matter in the streets. They're professing support for Black Lives Matter. I will never forget. But under the cover of the of the protests that led to rioting, shooting, and looting by Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Bill de Blasio announced that he was pulling a billion dollars from the NYPD budget, and uh, he was proud of that. And then announced that, oh, Dermot Shea, his lapdog police commissioner, and he was, was on board with it along with Rodney Harrison, who was the number two in the police department, who's now... Uh, in charge of the police in Suffolk County. They have a pox, all three of them, on their souls. They stabbed in the back every police officer who works, whether they're in blue shirts or they have white shirt immunity. Listen to the mayor back then. He was so proud in defunding the police by a billion dollars. It's never been replaced. And the support that he had from his lapdog police commissioner, Dermot Shea. The commissioner said publicly since then, that if there's one place he would want to see money go if it came out of his budget, it would be for youth programs. He said that publicly, and that shows the, the caliber of the man, that he believes in a focus on youth. He said it months ago before all this happened. You know, it was a focal point of my state of the city that we're reorienting policing towards youth. We wanted to get more and more activity for youth. Yeah. Destroyed the police department as we know it. A pox on all three. De Blasio, Dermot Shea. And Rodney Harrison. But everything that Bill de Blasio has ever done politically is calculated. He calculates everything. Remember, he came out of Cambridge to uh, New York to go to school, study political science, NYU, Columbia. And he changed his last name from Vanna von Wilhelm to his mother's maiden name, de Blasio, because he always wanted to run politically in New York. And he knew with a German last name, it would be almost impossible to get elected. Ironically, Trump got elected and uh, the Bonanno uh, crime guy, Eric Ulrich, got elected uh, city councilman at Howard Beach. He's German, too. So that was not true. But it helps when you got a vowel at the end of your name. 
and he disparaged his father, von, von Wilhelm. And he talked about how he got beat by him. He wanted to change his name because he was tortured by the memory of his father, who happened to be a war hero in the Pacific. In the Battle of Iwo Jima, Okinawa, was severely injured, came back, and was damaged permanently like so many other men who fought in World War II, the greatest generation. He disparaged his father, and yet he would say from time to time, but he would take me to Fenway Park to see my beloved Red Sox, Enrico Petroselli, playing shortstop number six. Then you look at the siblings, and his brother, who owned a steakhouse in Atlantic City, did very well, never changed his last name, nor did they. It was Wilhelm. Stabbed his father in his back for political gain. And then fooled you Italians out there, right? You know, he would speak Italian. Then he visited Italy, uh, where his mother grew up, and he spoke a little Italian. Marched in the uh, Columbus State Parade in Bensonhurst, and you were all going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And then he went out to Staten Island Highland Boulevard and a Goodfellas, the pizzeria, a pizza with a knife and a fork. What a gabon! You should have realized he was a fugazi Italian. But you didn't. You wanted to give him a chance. Hey, look, married to a black woman, Charlene McRae, biracial children, new day, new way. And now they're claiming that... They're not going to divorce. They're not going to separate. They're going to live in the same house on 11th and uh, 7th Avenue in Park Slope, but they're going to be freely dating other people. And the way the New York Times says it, shame on you, old gray lady, to, to buy this hokum, is that it began with an offhand remark, why aren't you lovey-dovey anymore? And then all of a sudden it evolved by uh, Charlene McRae saying, you can't fake it. Well, of course not. I don't know how she faked it all these years. She was a hardcore lesbian. She wrote about it. She was living with lesbians in Massachusetts. And then supposedly when they both worked in the Dinkins administration in the basement with Bill Lynch, who was the deputy mayor, had been uh, Dinkins' campaign manager, their their eyes locked into one another, and all of a sudden she fell in love with the Italian stallion. Now, naturally, from a man's point of view, it's like, oh, yeah. He was able to convert a lesbian, a hardcore lesbian who wrote about this. I believe it was in Essence magazine, how hardcore lesbian she was. And then they went on to have a family, a daughter and a son. You know more about Dante than you do the daughter. But the point is, is that it was all for political gain. Like Bill and Hillary, right? It was like... One hand washes the other. You help me, I help you. And the idea was that when Bill de Blasio finished his term in office, that his wife Charlene would become the Brooklyn Borough president. Now, who negotiated that deal? Frank Carone. You see, everywhere you go, it's Frank Carone. So they go over to, to uh, Brooklyn Borough Hall. They meet with Eric Adams. And this was the deal that was made. Erica Adams would be endorsed by Bill de Blasio in what was going to be a very lively primary. It turned out to be a lot of candidates. And likewise, Eric Adams would endorse Charlene McRae to uh, become the next borough president to replace him. The deal was done until the summer of George Floyd. And then one day, Bill and Charlene are on a stage. Right in downtown Brooklyn, black and white demonstrators for Black Lives Matter are in the crowd, and they booed de Blasio, turned their backs on de Blasio, not to Charlene. And Charlene recognized that, man, I can't get elected now. So the idea of this is that, A, number one, Charlene can now run for political office and say, hey, 
we're separating to date other people, right? And maybe maybe even in Hollyweird, they'll come in and want to do a reality show about this. You know that. You know how freaky-deaky they are in Hollywood. So there's money to be made there. Secondarily, they can't divorce because they're being investigated on all different fronts, including by Danielle in a stealth-like manner from her law firm, very prestigious law firm, and she is the wife of our own Sid Rosenberg, a very good attorney. And they're being investigated by my wife, Nancy, a great e-attorney who is able, she's a great muckraker, doing a deep dive on where did all the one and a half billion dollars go from that Fugazi program called Thrive. It was supposed to go for the care of the emotionally disturbed persons who are everywhere, in the streets, in the subways, and in the parks, a danger to themselves and everyone else. One and a half billion dollars. They stole. There is no accountability of where it is. There's never been an investigation because the Democrats have protected their own on this. And in fact, Fry Thrive exists today in City Hall under a new name. Oh, Eric Adams doesn't want to tell you that. They're still spending $325 million a year on this fake program under a new name that's housed in City Hall. They don't want to tell you that. Tomorrow we'll do part two. But the other reason, Lou, they don't want to file for divorce is that in the future when all of these lawsuits get into court, this way Charlene will say, I can't testify against my husband because I'm still his wife. Oh, everything is calculated. They think that they can outsmart all of us Quite frankly, they can outsmart some, but they cannot outsmart the commission now because I and Nancy are on their case, Sid and Danielle are on their case, Bo Deedle is on their case, and Frank Morano is on their case. We will prevail. We will hit them from every angle. They will not bamboozle their way around this. They stole one and a half million dollars, one and a half billion dollars that was meant to care for the people who can least care for themselves. They stole it. Both of them belong in jail. Lock them up, throw away the key. De Blasio and Charlene, you think you got over in the New York Times today? Think again. We're coming after you. It's the Rip and Read. Talking about featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking about this is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. She's a bad girl. Great song by Diane. She's a bad, 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 bad girl. Bad for America. Good for socialism because she is the queen, the socialist of America. You know who I'm talking about, Lou and Justin. AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and all of her mini-me's. And she went on a tirade last week. Really angry at the recent three decisions made by the United States Supreme Court. And she said it goes back to the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. Well, I was upset with that also. But I didn't advocate a purge. I mean, she was talking as if all of a sudden she wanted to uh, invoke the purges in the old Soviet Union of Father Joe Stalin. She probably admires him. 
1937, he launched a purge of all of his, what he thought were his political enemies and his perceived enemies. And listen, listen to what she wants to do to the United States Supreme Court. If Chief Justice Roberts will not come before Congress for an investigation voluntarily, I believe that we should be considering subpoenas. We should be considering investigations. Does this woman not even understand the separation of powers is a sacrosanct element of our Constitution, part of which we honored with our nation's birthday, July 4th, where I can assure you they were not at any patriotic events, not AOC or any of his socialists of America. They were probably... Back, Lou, they were probably throwing flags on the grill. Probably celebrating by burning flags on the grill. So she wants a purge of Chief Justice Roberts. Come before the House, come before the Senate, be stripped down. And she goes even further because she's not happy with their decisions. She wants to look to impeach justices. Gee, that's like a show trial like Hitler used to have, right? <laughs> so you go from Stalin to Hitler to Kim Jong mentally ill behind the kimchi curtain of North Korea to Saddam Hussein. Yeah, purge the judges, right? There also must be impeachment on the table. We have a broad level of tools to deal with misconduct, overreach, and abuse of power. And the Supreme Court has not been receiving the adequate oversight necessary in order to preserve their own legitimacy. Oversight? Well, what's this conspiratorial thought about the justices? We have, a, we have an institution of what we believe should be an independent judiciary branch. The checks and balances, the executive, the legislative, and the judicial. That's the checks and balances. She wants now legislative leaders overseeing the courts and basically redefining what our court system should be like, including the United States Supreme Court, over my dead body. This is the new campaign of the socialists. They're not Democrat socialists of America. They hide behind that D, Democrat. They are socialists. They want to take over lock, stock, and barrel, the Democratic Party. They want to take it from the moderates out there. That's why I've opened up so many Ronald Reagan Republican clubs in Astoria, uh, in Throgs Neck, in the Bronx, in North Shore, Staten Island, to prevent them from doing that. And most of our members are moderate Democrats. Well, she's having one of her town hall meetings tomorrow night, Thursday night, 6 o'clock, in the heart of Hunts Point in the Bronx. At 845 Barreto Street, second floor. That's where I used to do drug raids in the age of crack. Brian and Seneca, Beretta, right in Hunts Point. Used to be uh, the strippers galore. You've seen the videos. Come on out to Hunts Point. Make sure you get there before 6 o'clock. Join me. I'll be there. I'd love to see you as we confront AOC, who wants to launch a purge against our United States Supreme Court. 